and welcome back, party people. I'm Will, joined as always by Brandon. How's it going? How you doing? We got uh we got the doing big good. trade deadline today. Uh, we're recording we this as of Friday, March the third. Yeah, that, that, marks... that would be today's date. That marks trade deadline in the NHL. It's done and passed with now. Well, don't sound too excited, you fucking... See, so, because last time I was talking about how it was so awesome, because it was like a whole week-long week, week long thing, but then it gets to the point, like I was also pointing at, where on the deadline day, you're not really going to, like, not much is, is going to be going on. And, yeah, not... Uh... Not not much did go on today, to say the least. All right, well, I think still a lot went on through the last week, um, which we're going to kind of go more into depth, although we did we did talk about it quite a lot last episode, but I think we're just coming back at you for a little quick hit today. Yep. Um, so should we just kind of go the list, down the list, do our hot takes on kind of the trades that took place this past week? Yeah, let's 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 do it. So trades or, or I don't know, movement or lack of movement. Uh, James Van Riemdyk remains a flyer. Yeah, he was, they, were, they were trying to trade him all, all week, and apparently there's quite a bit of interest in him. And near the end of the, uh, or, or like just a little bit before the deadline, it sounded like he was getting traded to Detroit. Mm. And then that, it, it fell through last minute and didn't uh, didn't end up happening. So, mm. unfortunately, he remains in in Philly for the remainder of this year. Fair enough. Uh, Nashville re-signed um, or signed defenseman Dante Fabro to a one-year two point five, and Washington signed forward Nicholas Abkubel to uh, for, to a one-year for one point two two five. Okay, so I I didn't hear about. Uh... Dante Fabro's extension because I was kind of wondering because for the last little bit it sounded like Nashville wanted to move him and um, San Jose was really interested in him so I kind of was thinking that that was going to happen at some point today okay so that makes more sense and that they ended up getting him signed there you go you learn something new every day I guess um, they, they want to run run with him a little bit longer then maybe try and and but it's also maybe because now that they moved at home because they traded Ekholm to uh, Edmonton, and so that kind of opens up more room on their blue line to maybe give him a bigger opportunity to kind of prove himself, maybe. So Makes sense. maybe that, that also kind of went into it. Um, this is a fun little storyline. Uh, Nick Ritchie is heading to Calgary, and in exchange from Arizona, um, his brother, Brett Ritchie, yeah, they were both part of the a, a trade made. Where, yeah, they I think they're the first brothers they said to be be traded for each other. Yeah. So who I think the the million dollar question is is do they even sell their houses? Well, exactly right. I just move into each other's cribs. Yeah, I mean that's probably. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Trade families. <laughs> Don't even know if it much. Just be like Uncle Brett's dad now. So it is that's interesting though, because like hmm. I'm curious because sometimes when guys get traded at the deadline and they're um 
they're only like one year rental, so they're just going there for the remainder of the 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 season and then you know playoffs if playoffs are there. Quite a bit of the time, the families don't even go with them. True. There's quite a few instances where it's just they go and they yeah they finish well, it out and then they come back. But it, it really depends on like kind of the situation. Like if you know if like you you have kids in school and whatnot, like it's hard to be like, hey, we're gonna go move for you know. Uncle Nick is dad now. A couple months, so. Uncle Brett is dad. I think that'd be a fun sitcom. I think they need to get them. Do you remember the reality reality TV show Hockey Wives? Yeah. Now that's a season they need. The Richie Wives? Are you kidding me? Got a catchy name. Yeah. Because it kind of sounds like Bitchy Wives. Shut up. I'm not saying that they are. I'm just saying that's what it kind of sounds like. So if they complain a lot in the show, it works out even better. No, they would. But that would that would, that would be out of character for them. So exactly, I'm sure Nick and Brett Ritchie are married to wonderful people. Do they even? Gee, does he have a wife? We don't need to know. We don't need to know. We don't I think there's to... another Nick Ritchie in. Uh... In Hollywood. Is there? I think so. Oh, there you go. But it's not, it doesn't sound like it'd be an uncommon name. It's a good name. Anyway. Anyways. Um, so the Ritchie Brothers got traded. That's always a fun <laughs> one. Um, the Wild uh, acquired John Klinberg from the Ducks. Yep. So that, um, what did they get? Uh, okay, so so they got, um, I think, if I'm correct, if that's the Nikita Nestrov, I think he's a bit older. I don't even think he's young in that trade. Because if so, they didn't, uh, they didn't really get, well, they didn't get a prospect back. It would have just been the pick and then the two players. Hmm. Uh, pretty sure. It's, yeah, I'm thinking the right guy. Yeah, he's 29. Yeah, he's overplaying the KHL. He yeah. might not even come. He might not even come back to the NHL. So, so good trade for Minnesota. Klingberg is a very good defenseman that's just been playing on a bad Dallas team. Yeah, you think so? You think and he'll he, be able to shine uh, on the Wild. Well, I mean, he, he did last year um, throughout the, the season, regular season with Dallas, and then. Um, even in the playoffs, I thought he was he was quite good. And then, you know, obviously him and Dallas couldn't come to an agreement. So he signed just a, a one year. It was a, he, he was making good money this year. I think it was like seven mil. Mm. And, and he, I, I'm not quite sure why he chose Anaheim, but it was very clear that he was going to go to Anaheim and that Anaheim wasn't going to be a good enough team. So they were going to trade him at the deadline for for whatever they could. They didn't really get much back. I mean, the fourth is the best part of that deal. And it's not even, it's two years down the road still as well. So, um, but I guess, I I mean, not a blockbuster. Yeah. And obviously Anaheim would have taken the best offer possible because it's just free assets at that point. And I guess that must've been the best, best offer they got. So that maybe there wasn't as much interest as, uh, as it was sounding like there was originally. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, 
over Jonathan back Quick in did sorry get, uh we were talking last time john about the whole jonathan quick thing so he didn't ever end up going to columbus even oh, okay he, it did sounds they, like did he, they move him yeah so well it sounds like he wasn't gonna report there but it but it also sounds like columbus was planning on flipping him so kind of both sides were like there's no point you know for you to come here or anything so they end up uh flipping him to vegas in the end the team that was Really interested. He actually served as their their backup tonight. All right. So so, so that's we could, another we could get the storyline we were talking about. Yeah, it it could very well happen. There's definitely the the possibility that we we can see that for sure. All right, that's always exciting. That's always a a fun storyline. Yeah. Um. I think also, so. Also, in the trade news, we got um. I think uh, I think some farm team guys, but uh, still an exciting trade from the from Calgary, Rodim Zor Zorana. Zahora. Uh, I think I think it's Zahora. Zahora. Okay, I think, so. I think that's is me. heading to Toronto in exchange for Cranbrook-born Dryden Hunt. Yep. From uh, from the area, somewhat has connections to the area. Um, Played for uh, Bedard's former team, if I'm not mistaken, the Regina Pats. Yep. Uh, he was then, there for quite a few years. Yeah, I think that's where he spent the majority of his WHL career and then some time in the Medicine Hat Tigers. But that was back in 2016. Um, heading up to the AHL with uh, the Springfield Thunderbirds and then playing some games with the Florida Panthers on and off for a few years. Racking up quite a few games in the, in the NHL. Yeah. Then over to the Coyotes, the Rangers, the Avalanche, then the Leafs, where he was then playing for the Toronto Marlies, and now he's off to the Calgary Wranglers. Hopefully we'll get to see him in the lineup soon. Speaking of Connor Bedard, I just saw in here, he had four goals today of in this game. Of course he did. So, <laughs> speaking of the Connor Bedard and the Regina Pats. Yeah. No, but that that's cool. I, I didn't realize that he had connections to the area and whatnot. So that, that's got to be a pretty exciting trade for, for him. Yeah, I would. I would hope so. You know, it would suck if he hates those people. Yeah. True. Now that would that would be a funny a funny sitcommy, stupid comedy movie. A player gets traded to a city where his family's from, and he hates his family. Now you you caught you caught with two good show ideas already. In like ten minutes what, here. What was the first one? Oh, uh, the the Richie, the Richie Wise. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Sabres acquire Jordan Greenway from the Wild. I it's a that's a weird trade. I think. Yeah. Like, well, because when Greenway was you know um, coming up through the U.S. development program and whatnot, um, he, he he was a very very good player. He even uh, played a big role in. The World Juniors for a couple years with um, the Americans, and but he, he just he wasn't doing very good. Like he, he's done all right in previous years. Like he earned himself a good contract, making three million dollars, um, that expires after next year. But he he was just really struggling this year. But um, coming up when he was younger, his coach, um, what's his name, uh, Don Granado. He he was actually his coach, and I was actually being reunited with his former coach. So maybe Buffalo thinks that can really help him kind of get back to the player that that he was. 
Yeah, Sparkle. Because he can be a very effective player. Like he's a, he's like six foot six. So, mm-hmm. and he's got the skill. So he he can be a very good player. So, it's a lot for Buffalo to give up. Yeah, which was a second this year and a fourth, a I fifth, believe. a fifth next yes. year. Um, yeah. like it, it is a hefty price to give, just based on the market of you know already established, proven you know second, third liners and whatnot. We're only going for for second or third. So it is a lot to give up, but it, it could pay off very well for for Buffalo if he can get back to kind of what, what he can be as a player. Yeah. And looks like in the past he had quite the uh, the Iron Man persona in 2018-2019, racking up 81 games. It's impressive yeah, to play almost yeah. the whole season. You yeah. Only miss one game. Um, well, yeah, when, when, you're, when you're a bigger guy like that, you know, it's... You're not really getting hit with those big hits or anything, so it definitely can help for you to... True, it can help, although I remember Gronk always said, when you're a big, big guy, the refs give the other teams a little more leniency, and they play you differently. And obviously, I played sports at a much, much lower level, but I've always been 6'6", I've always been very tall, and there, there is a little bit of truth to you do get played a little differently. Yeah. Like people, people go to hit you a little harder. They, they taking you down a lot of the time is a statement piece for a team. That's a momentum changer. The big guy goes down. Yeah. Well, even like you said, like, cause I I would agree that you do get played differently. It's the same as like, um, even though I was, so when I was, you know, when I, when I uh, was playing hockey growing up, um, in a more competitive level, it, like I, I was always obviously on the end of m- more bigger hits because You're it was what, pretty... six four six five because <laughs> it was pretty hard for Seven, people two? to be smaller than me at the time. Seven, but so three. then when I didn't get a lot of a lot of calls and stuff, I would from time to time bitch and complain at the ref. And so then obviously when you do that, they're they're even less likely to call shit. So yeah, no, that's fair. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying one one guy has it harder than the other. I just remember Gronk saying it was very tough for him to stay injury free, mm. just because he was he was getting hit in so many different ways, especially at that height. And I know this is different for football. Your knees become very vulnerable. Yeah, like when very, you're when you're smaller, very. a guy will put his shoulder to your chest. It'll wind you. It'll hurt you, but it won't it won't put you out. Whereas when you're big. Yeah. They'll go right for your knees, or if you're low, they'll try and headhunt you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, try for and lay sure. you right out. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, no, that it'll be interesting to see how he's able to play under his old coach if that's able to kind of spark a spark a resurgence in his career. Uh, yeah. Penguins acquire Nick Bonino from the Sharks. Yep, he's your beloved Sharks trading away someone for uh, well, a seventh already... and a fifth and Arvid Henriksen. Yeah, well, because so Benino's contract was up at the end of the year, anyways. He probably wasn't going to stay in San Jose, and so they wanted to give him a good opportunity to, uh, you know, go go on a run with another team in in the playoffs and whatnot. And Benino was a huge, a very big part of uh, Pittsburgh winning their back to back cups in sixteen and seventeen. So oh, so he's he, going. He gets. He's going. Yeah, back so he to gets to go back there. Yeah, he's There's, going back. He still knows quite a few of the guys there, and. Um, obviously the coach and the coaching staff and everything. So that'll be good. He'll, um, he'll fit in quite good there for him for sure. Yeah. 
Do you think and Crosby that has one more? Depth. Do you think Crosby has one more run in him? Oh yeah. Um. So I, it's, I, I it's not going to be this year. Um, just based on how good all these other teams in in the East are, like it's really, like I like right now it's the Islanders and Pittsburgh in those um those two wild card spots, but like you then you end up playing Carolina and Boston, and it's probably not going to win those series against them. Um. But I, like, I definitely do think they can do a small retool this offseason and come back next year. The East is that tough this year, eh? It, it really is. Like, as cool as it would be to see um, either Pittsburgh or the Islanders go in there and knock Carolina or Boston, like, that would be huge. And then not only that, even if you manage to beat those teams, then you got to go up against like either New Jersey, the Rangers, or Tampa Bay or Toronto. So it, it, it's just very tough. In the East this year, especially for those two wild card teams that I would I would put a, a tier lower than than the rest. Is do you think this is the most competitive conference we've ever seen, or at least seen in recent history? Yeah, I I would say so. I can't remember the last time where like you I can't remember the last year when it was like you had so many good matchups. And it's like the, as strong as the East is, the West is good in their own, um, in their own regard. In in their own regard, yeah. Like obviously, I don't think any team in the West really holds much of a candle to these top teams in the East. Um, but like it's and, and but it's so close between these teams in the West still. Like any like you could easily be in first right now, and still end up outside of the playoffs um, if if things went wrong. Whereas really in the East, like if you're one of those top teams already in your division, it's... Yeah, yeah it's it's pretty hard. I hear what you're saying. Um, where is um, the record? Who were their eight losses to this year? Who? Boston. Boston. So they actually, they, the Capitals, they did, they did win yesterday. There's lightning. The Kraken. Yep. And they lost to the Coyotes as well. And so, oh, that's, that's not a great loss. So lost to Ottawa. That's nothing. Um, Toronto. That's interesting. Uh, Florida. I don't think Florida's up there. Are they? Um, they're currently no. outside of a playoff spot. Um, Vegas, uh, Arizona, Arizona's way out of a playoff spot. Los Angeles. Ottawa again. Ottawa's out of a spot, though, eh? Yeah. Right now. They're only four points back, though. Fair enough. They lost twice to Ottawa. That could be interesting, Brandon. That could be interesting. One of Ottawa sneaks in. And Ottawa made moves to get better at the deadline. Some big moves, actually, when they got Chikrin. So, like, Ottawa could sneak in. But, but in a, in a seven-game series, I don't see Ottawa knocking yeah. out Boston. Okay, but how many times have As crazy as it would be... Year? Uh, well, they're in the same division, so they play either three times or four, depending on, on how the scheduling for this um, season goes. So then they have... Okay, so they've beaten them once. They play them one more once. time. They play okay. them one more time. They've beaten them once, and they've lost to them twice. This third game could decide a lot, Brandon. Mm, never know. But never Boston know. did win yesterday. They're the first team in... in 
NHL history to reach 100 points within their first 61 games. So wow. So they're just they're just continuing to to set records and with an impressive 5-2 win as well. They they must be leading the league in uh, differential. Eh? Yeah, with 103. That yeah. is just absurd. Like it looks like the next close right now. Like the next closest is 53. So almost oh, double. 52. Uh, Devils got 53. Oh, 53. Oh, what? So they're almost double the, the next closest team in terms of goal differential. That's ridiculous. To put things in perspective, the Anaheim Ducks have minus 96. Yeah. Although Anaheim did win, did win today. They knocked off the Canadians. There you go. Minus 96 who? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's quite incredible. You're looking at the their record and putting up putting up the points they do their last three wins five two six three five three yeah oh and um so also a couple days ago when we were talking about boston you were you were asking if like um if there's maybe any more moves they're gonna make or they kind of we're talking about kind of the 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 whole if it ain't broke don't fix it type of thing yeah so um, they they did lose Taylor Hall to injury, okay. Before the deadline, and he he does play a, a pretty pretty big role um, within their middle six. So I, I haven't seen anything saying for sure um, necessarily how long he's going to be out for. So they shift him to LTIR. So probably till the playoffs, till the beginning of playoffs. Um, so they went. They, I don't, and so I don't know if that whole Taylor Hall trade necessary or injury made this trade happen. But they traded a first round pick in 2024, so next year, and their fourth round pick in 2025, and they got Tyler Bertuzzi uh, from Detroit. He's a little which old, is, a- is he not? No, no, you're you're probably thinking of Todd Bertuzzi. Todd, okay, yeah. And yeah, he's been out for out of the league for a while now. Yeah, I'm like, I thought he retired. Um, so yeah, Todd Bertuzzi, Hall he's only 20, 28. No, no, sorry. So they didn't trade Taylor Hall. Okay. It was just a first and a fourth um, from uh, next year and then the following year. Uh, a first I, rounder, I that's that's quite big. It is, yeah. But with with Bertuzzi, he's he's a very good player and he plays aggressive like he, he plays boston style hockey boston style yeah. um just kind of that, he... that that run and gun you know hit shoot an ontario go kid go 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 from the states yep. or i mean from canada ontario sudbury yep. uh what does he play he's a winger. left wing all right and he's gonna be a very a very good fit and then once playoffs begin Boston will also be able to add Hall into their lineup. So and where so do you then see... you've got a, just an incredible, um, yeah, incredible team from like top to bottom. So where would you see Tyler go? Third line, second line? I think he'll probably be playing second line. Second, and then if Hall comes back, go to the third. Uh, and well, then that's interesting because because Hall has been um, doing quite well this year on that line. Like not great, but not terrible. But I mean, I feel like if if you slot Bertuzzi and wherever you put him, whether that's in where Hall normally was or not, but I think it will be. I mean, if you're going in like into the playoffs and he's been playing there and he's been good there and fit him well and he's, you know, on fire, I think you just got to leave him there and then 
you yeah. know, then then you put Hall wherever wherever you got to. Okay, fair enough. You think? But I always think if you if you've got real. like if you've got some that's working well and it's and it's hot at the time, I don't think you mess with it. Yeah, I think you just you just leave it be. Yeah, man. The it'll it'll be interesting exciting. if that yeah, that it's, really it's... puts them over the edge of like there. Like if you're putting teams right now in a tier list, I think Boston is like at the top, and there's no one else in there with them. Yeah, fair like, enough. Like it's, I think it's that you can make the argument Carolina maybe, but I I just think, especially after the deadline, with how much. Boston went out and improved compared to Carolina. I think Boston's really just, um, they, they've really just put themselves in a tier of their own. Yeah, fair enough. That, that, it's going to be really exciting to see them, um, how they perform come playoffs. Yeah, and even yesterday, the, the guy we're talking about who had a great game in Calgary, uh, Orlov, for the Bruins, he put up another goal and two assists uh, yesterday. So within his last... Um, in his last three games with the Bruins, he's got three goals and five assists. Wow! So he's 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 fitting in pretty well right now. He's he's yeah. on a bit of a, a heater. He's, he's making a difference already. Yeah, and, which, and which that's is, what you want to like, see. You like when you take a, the best team in the league that's like the best, and then you bring in a player who's having that much of an impact already. Like it, it that just makes him that that much better. Like it's it's incredible, and he came from Washington, right? Yeah, yeah. Dmitry Orlov. But you know, what? a lot of people said, "Why did the why would the Bruins go out and and make that trade instead of trying to get Chikrin?" But like, I mean, regardless of whether or not so Chikrin's far. the better name, like Orlov's uh, doing doing quite well. Um. I'm honestly not too sure. I think he's only played one game. Yeah, he's only played one game so far with, with Ottawa. Well, and as we've learned from uh, the Patriots, I would think, over the years, it's not about the name of the players, it's about the performance. So if maybe yeah. Pickering was a bigger name, Orlov, because Orlov is a bit older, right? Yeah, he's 31. Uh-huh. Has, has deep playoff experience, has Stanley Cup experience. Yeah, both both things Chikrin doesn't have, and seems and, and to be I a think, good defensive defenseman. Yeah, and I, honestly, I I really do believe that Chikrin is a better fit for for Ottawa than Boston. Yeah, I think just in terms of of the team and whatnot, I I I feel like Chikrin will fit in better. Yeah, with Ottawa, just because they they have a lot of younger guys kind of around his age that he can really kind of mm-hmm. be on the same level with and can and, and that sort of thing so yeah and i think orlov's a a perfect fit for boston already and even hathaway like i haven't talked about him much but he is yeah. one of those guys that can you know really set the tone in games and and he he can score big goals when needed and he's not afraid to fight like he's an energy player and those are huge in their own way in the playoffs as well mm-hmm and Dmitry Orlov, I think his his plus minus has been positive his entire career except for one year. Um, oh really? So obviously he's he's good defensively, I would say. But something interesting to take a note, and and I'm sure he's on a hot streak. 
But in four games with Boston, he's gotten the same amount of goals he has the entire rest of the year, 43 games with Washington. Wow. He only scored three goals earlier this year with Washington. So far, he's already scored three already five assists that. with Boston. Yeah. So, so there you go. Yeah, it's sometimes like, it's about it's, fit as well. Yeah, and it's even like, you know, with Washington, I mean, kind of mid to later December, they lost John Carlson on their mm. defense. So it kind of Orlov kind of had to step in and be the the number one defenseman there, kind of. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, may, maybe, it, maybe it's helping him more that, you know, because he was always kind of, I would say kind of for, for the majority of, of his past recent years, he was kind of the the number two guy behind Carlson. Mm. And so maybe it's kind of helping him more now that he can kind of step back into a smaller role. And, yeah. you know, he can kind of be yeah, like, cause, I mean, it's, and it's also a lot easier as a player. I mean, depending on teams, because some teams are, are so deep like Boston. But, you know, if you go from playing the other team's top line and, and top defensive pairs all night to now, you know, playing the other team's fourth line and whatnot, it, 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 can, it can definitely change the, the way that the game goes for you. Yeah, no, you're, you're so right. And I had my stats wrong earlier. I was looking at the wrong end of the Bruins schedule. But yeah, their last few wins have been like a 7-1 win, a 4-3 OT win, which is close, but then, you know, 3-2, 3-1. They're, they clearly have a deep defensive team as well as yeah. a very powerful offense. Yeah. And you were saying their goalie is a, a shoe-in to win the uh, Vez? Yeah, um, unless everything falls apart. Yeah. For the Bruins, I, yeah, I think he's a lock for it. There you go. Uh, so the Penguins acquire Ducks defenseman Dmitry Kol- Kolikov? Yep. Um, Not really a big trade, kind of more of a, a depth ad for, for the Penguins, but... There you go. Sharks trade uh, Validislav Nemestikov to the Jets. Oh, yeah. So that that one actually, as, as much as I do I, with that name, pretty good actually. Vladislav Nemestikov, or some oh, people I say nailed it. Uh, Nemestankdanov. I think some that's how some people pronounce it. Um, I call it Vlad. But no, like Nemestikov. as as much as I sh- as like as much as I do shit on Mike Greer um, with. You know, based on how he's stepped in as the GM of the Sharks, I think he actually played this very well because this. Um, so Nemestikov never even came to San Jose because um, they only acquired him two two days ago. Um, for for a player that San Jose claimed off waivers from the Jets earlier this year, and so basically what Gear, Mike Gear did is he just got a player for free from. The Jets flipped him to the Lightning for another player, and they traded that player back to the Jets for a fourth-round pick. Okay. So he, so it was actually good work by him. Um, yeah. I think that's that, that's the most you were going to be able to get for Nemestikov. So, it, you know, didn't even necessarily have to be Winnipeg, but it was good good movement by him just to get an extra draft pick for basically for free. Yeah, uh, Sharks are definitely stacking up on. Uh, they'll they'll have at least two picks most rounds this draft. Yeah, them them and the Coyotes have, have really loaded up. Even Chicago actually has loaded up on draft picks as well. So though you'll see those teams especially quite a bit of times at the draft making picks. In in my mind, I I think that's always more exciting, in my opinion. 
I would yeah. rather see five teams have all these picks because then you, you get to see them build a team in live time. Well, and it also helps, like, for example, um, let me, I'll just pull up uh, um, San Jose. So so they're drafting. So even, not not even drafting, like, a bunch of players, but now it also gives you the opportunity to make more moves um, at the draft. Like, say, like like, they've got... Two, two fourths and two fifths um, in the in the draft, and so say you're kind of in the the later end of the the third round, and yeah. there's a player that you really want, but you think okay he's not going to be there when our pick comes. A lot of times, what teams will do is San Jose will trade, you know, one of their two fourths and one of their two fifths mm. uh, with a team to trade up, you know. 10 20 spots or whatever in the draft so then they can make sure that they get that player that they really want whereas when you're limited with picks you don't really have the luxury of doing that so having you know even like um in the the nick bonino trade like it they they got a a fifth round pick and a seventh but they did flip that fifth round pick to montreal so montreal would retain some of bonino's salary so they mm. end, they only ended up getting Pittsburgh seventh, and you know a lot of people aren't happy about it. But it's like again, Benino is leaving anyways, so you get that seventh, and that seventh could be used to either take someone in the seventh round who could potentially maybe become a player, probably not, yeah. or you can use that to move up to get a guy that you really want in the draft that could become a good player. Is there is there any chance, and I don't know, maybe teams wouldn't even make the trade, is there any chance you see a team trade every pick in their draft to get the number one, or is there no way that number one would ever get traded? I it, I think it would depend on the, the year. No, like, like it, this year. The Bedard. No. 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 Yeah. no. Like, you, you like, I, and I think the most you can do is up to, I think, f- three years away. Like, I think you can trade draft picks from this year, next year, and the following year. And then after yeah. the and you can do that year, that year, that year. So, and, and so even if you offered, like, your next... Three firsts. Three firsts, three seconds, three thirds, three fourths. Like, there, there's nothing that can get nothing. that. First. Yeah. No, that's... I, I would really think, like, in, in some other years, kind of like maybe um, 2017, when he sure went first you know at that time it was like there wasn't really a clear like consensus number one pick like it it wasn't like it wasn't going to be like a franchise player to 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 alter your team and and be a stud for years like there there were good players actually there ended up being franchise players in that draft just no one knew at the time yeah um but Ah, fair enough. No, I, I was just throwing yeah. out a silly question there. Um, okay, back to the trades here. We got Flyers trade Zach McEwen to the Kings for Brendan Lemieux. Yeah, just kind of swapping fourth line grinders, fighters. Canucks. Not fair really enough. a big trade for either team. Canucks trade Curtis Lazar to the Devils. Yeah, yeah, Lazar got moved again. He's never really been able. I mean, he, he's going to keep bouncing around from team to team. That's just kind of the the player he is. He's kind of a fourth line, actually pretty, turned himself into a pretty good fourth liner. But I think he's just going to become one of those guys that, you know, if if it works out with the Devils, great. If not, he goes to free agency, signs with a new team for a one or two year deal, and then, you know, gets moved at next year's deadline or the following one. 
Fair enough. And just kind of the, the path he's going to be on. All right. I would uh, like to see him find a team and stay with the team. I think he is a very effective fourth liner. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Red Wings trade Jacob Varana, Varana to the Blues. Yep, very good trade for the Blues. Um, like, Varana's obviously had hit, like a pretty rough history. Like the beginning of the season, he did um, put himself into the the NHL's player assistance program. I and they don't really fully release. I don't know if it was like you know, alcohol or, or what. So he did take the time to take some time away from hockey and um, work on himself, which is always a very good thing. Yeah. Um, and then came back, and yeah, I'm not exactly sure what what was fully going on with Detroit, but they they were kind of just done with him, and they put him on waivers. No one claimed him. He sent him down to the minors. But he, he's still a younger-ish player. Like he's, I think he's only like 25 or so. And he's a good player. And so for St. Louis to... Only give up a seventh two years from now for a guy that could easily be a fifty-point guy on their team next wow. year is um it is it's is very very a very good trade for them and I believe his contract is no no he's got one more year after this so I think they even have him locked in for next year as well fair enough uh did the stars get Max Domi yeah yeah That's that was Chicago's like. Uh, Chicago's like last good, good player they had. So they they. I'd say that's one of the biggest biggest moves of the trade. No, of the deadline. Yeah, I would I would put it up there, especially because like Max Domi's really struggled in, in in past years. Like he's kind of bounced from team to team, like he had since with um, uh, Montreal and then Columbus, and and then he went to Chicago this year, and he actually had a he's had a phenomenal year so far whereas last year you're probably only getting like a third or a fourth for him but now to get a second round pick for him it is two years away but yeah but i mean good good for domi though he's he's really kind of turned his his career around or he's at least put himself on the path to turn it around if he can keep playing it at the level he's been playing with because he can be a very effective player because he he does everything out there yeah fair enough and the stars are in a decent playoff position if i'm not mistaken so that could be big for are, them yeah. making, uh, that that little push yeah and i i'm not too sure but i'm not, i don't think max domi's ever really had playoff experience huh because i know he's like obviously with arizona for some years yeah, and then montreal went to montreal and then columbus when he started uh oh so he's with carolina i forgot uh two years ago so he had a little bit of a run with them he's played 24 playoff games so okay fair enough he's got a little bit of experience but he, he's yeah. a he'd be a great guy to have in the playoffs yeah um, just based on how how he how he plays he's got that scoring touch he can um play good defensively he can hit fight like it's a, it's a good pickup for dallas yeah it looks like coyotes made a bit of a move here uh they traded nick Bugastad, Bukestad, Bukestad. There we go. Uh, and defenseman uh, Shane got to be here. Got to be here. Um, Shane got has has to be here, present in the moment. Um, and Jacob Chicharon. Um, and then they picked up the contracts of Shea Weber and Jacob Voracek. Voracek. 
See, so this is my issue with Arizona. Because, and, and Gary Bettman keeps preaching that Arizona's a hockey market and this and this. First of all, they're playing in a shitty-ass arena of 5,000. It's so bad to the point where the camera people are given certain instructions on how much they can zoom out and whatnot because they want it to feel like it's still an anchor arena when it's not. Yeah. Like, opposing team sits on fucking wooden benches. That's old school. In there. Like, it's, it's so bad. And then they, they could have easily gotten another first and second, in my opinion, or another good prospect had they retained half of Chikrin's salary. And, and to make the team better. And it's now to the point where they, all they do at the deadlines is, and, and fair play to them, they make the deadlines fun and interesting because they just take on all these big shitty contracts of guys that are never going to play again. And so it's like you're not willing to spend money to make the team better, but you're willing to spend money on players that are never going to play. Fair enough. For the team. Like they can barely even get to the, the only reason that the cap floor is because they've got all these shitty contracts on their books of guys who've had injuries that are probably never going to play again. Yeah. And so it's, it's just so piss poor. Like it's, they just, they need to get out of Arizona and new owners and whatnot. Cause like, it's just embarrassing at this point. Yeah, like they're, there's, they're, they're nowhere near on a clear path to becoming a good team. Yeah. And so at this point, like, it's just embarrassing as a NHL franchise to be run that way. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Um, it's what they do every year, so it's, we're not to expect much different. Fair enough. No, fair enough. Uh, sorry, I was just trying to pull up a different uh, trade list here because that one was out, but I think there was a few more. We talked about uh, Rasmus Asplund from going to Nashville from Buffalo for a seventh round pick. Yep. Uh, John Klinberg going to Minnesota and uh, in exchange for Andre's sister, Nikita Nestrenko, and 2025 fourth round pick to Anaheim. Yep. Uh, Austin Wagner going to Chicago for future considerations to Los Angeles. Yeah, uh, part of the Richie trade was also Troy Stretcher going to Calgary in exchange for Connor McKay. Yeah, so that so now that that's interesting though because it's going to be interesting now. Um, not the next time um, Arizona plays Anaheim, but now the next time Anaheim plays Calgary because obviously early in the year there was that whole situation of where Trevor Zegers on Anaheim said something to Stretcher. And really pissed him oh. off, and so they so next uh, next Friday, um, Anaheim is in Calgary. So I wonder if the beef follows over. Now. Yeah, it'll be interesting. They play him three more times actually this season. Is Stetcher a big name? Uh, where would we put him Not, in the roster? Like, like he like, like line, he's third line. He's a four or defenseman. So he he's a third pairing defenseman, especially okay. on Calgary. And Fair I feel enough. like and a lot of it, I guess, depends on because um, I know. Stone has been injured and he's been playing quite a lot. And one of the guys they even traded um, to Arizona has kind of stepped in from time to time and been that uh, fifth defenseman when needed. So, um, yeah, it, it, that, that'll, be, that'll be interesting, though, to see if that any of it carries over or not. 
Wyatt uh, Kalinuk uh, to the Rangers for future considerations from Vancouver. So, yeah, just dumping another contract. Yeah, I mean, like, as, as great as the, the whole week was with all the trades, kind of with it, there not being many moves left to make on the uh, actual deadline day. I think yeah. pretty much all the winners of the deadline, I would, I got, you could, I'll throw. Who would you say won the deadline? Uh, who won the deadline? I would say, I don't think you can pick one team. Okay, top three. I think the biggest move, again, depending on how um, the, the the whole contract situation works out, I would say Timo Meyer going to the Devils, in my opinion, is the biggest move. Um, just in terms of, of a whole team perspective, of just what you're getting this year and then potentially what you could be getting for the next eight years if you can sign them. Um, but in terms of right now for the teams this season going to the playoffs, it's, it's got to be Boston, Toronto, and uh, the Rangers. Yeah, Boston seemed to make, uh, or I mean, Toronto seemed to also make quite a few moves. We Toronto talked about Boston's moves. moves. Rangers made some big moves bringing in Tarasenko and uh, Kane, both, both Stanley Cup winners and great, great wingers. So now that really gives them um, just a, a phenomenal top six forward core and even their bottom six. Is very good, but yeah, I yeah, yeah I, I I would say Rangers, uh, Leafs, and Bruins are kind of the three. Because the Leafs got... picked up Ryan O'Reilly, Noel Akayari, Akari, uh, Sam Lafferty, Sam yeah Lafferty, Jake McCabe, Luke Gustafson, yeah Eric Gustafson, like they they made some big moves. I think their most noticeable one would be uh, trading Dryden Hunt. There you go. Um, Sending them to Calgary. But no, yeah, like they, they made, like they didn't make as, I would, I mean, I guess the O'Reilly move is a pretty big move. I don't think they made like the, like, I would say, like obviously Kane and Tarasenko going to the Rangers is bigger. Even Bertuzzi going to um, Boston is bigger. But like Toronto made a lot of, a lot of moves to address issues that they had within their, um, their lineup, you know, tightening up their, uh, their their defense bringing in quite a few blue liners actually, yeah. Um, and then even in their forward core, O'Reilly's a great, you know, middle six player. He can play uh, center or wing on on any line, and even Achari. Um, but it, you also wonder is it is it too much type of thing like. Now, if if you're playing all three of those defense and you brought in, that's half your decor right there. Yeah, and so it's like it's it it's so much new stuff. Like it's it, it's it could be really easy for them to kind of fit the pieces together, and make work, or it could be very tough. Yeah, because um, like they got Brody, Giordano, Gustafson. Yeah, like they got so many defensemen now. Huh. Like on their current roster, I mean, uh, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Because Jake Muzzin's not coming back this year. Victor Mete is on LTIR, so I'm not sure if he's come back. So that still leaves you with, with what, what was that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Wait. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So nine. 
So you've got nine capable NHL defensemen, but you can only play six. Okay. So I don't know if, you know, one might have to get put on waivers or to be sent down or what, but like you've got, yeah. They're going to have to send one down. I don't know. Would you put one on waivers that quick? I mean, I, I think you have to. Who would, can, who would they put only, on waivers? Your roster size can only be um, 21. 21 players and two goalies, I believe. And so you can't have nine defensemen traveling with the team. Because usually what teams do is they'll have, they'll have their 14 forwards, 70, and then two goalie. And then you've usually got a defenseman and two forwards scratched each game. So who would you waive? I, well, you, Justin Hall has to go. He is awful. Absolutely terrible. Uh, but, th- but then it's so tough because like, you've got your, your, your veterans that, you, uh, that you, like, you're already established veterans on your team from this season, which is like Morgan Riley, uh, TJ Brody, and Giordano, and then your young defenseman that you drafted in, uh, Lilligren, who's been playing pretty good this year. But then you've got Gustafson, McCabe, Luke Shen, and Connor Timmons, all guys that you've, you've now traded for. Mm. And so, you know, like they're not taking Morgan Riley out of the lineup. They're not taking Giordano. I don't believe they're going to be taking Brody. Yeah. And so then, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they, they, they make it work with, with that. Yeah, fair enough. But that's that's a good problem to have, I would say, for them. Because that's yeah. something that they've really struggled with within the past years is their defense has always been a major issue, much like Edmonton. When, mm. you, when you put so much money up front into your big franchise forwards, which you have to do to keep them around, I get it. But then it, it, makes, it, it opens up holes and errors on your team that are, continue to be weak every year. Which has been their defense. So, if that's something that they've now fixed and addressed, it's mm-hmm. maybe maybe Toronto finds a way. I don't think they do, but maybe Toronto wins around this year. Yeah, and they would be playing most likely. You keep saying the Lightning. Yeah, yeah, but but again, like it's it's kind of the same as the whole Allmark winning the Vesna thing. Like barring anything, yeah, absolutely crazy you. and absurd. I like it's. I think we're going to be getting Toronto and Amp in round one, and then uh, the Rangers and New Jersey in round one. Fair enough. And then the other two matchups are Boston and Carolina against whatever teams come out on top in that battle for the the two wildcard spots. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I think that kind of wraps up the trade deadline talk, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think so. I think we covered pretty much... Kind of all the main points of it. Uh, the winners weren't weren't too many losers. I mean, the only loser, in my opinion, is the Coyotes because they're just embarrassing as a franchise. But fair enough. You know, lots of players on the move, so it'll be exciting to see kind of where all these new guys uh, fit fit into these teams' lineups and seeing which players you know maybe take their career to the next level, like Bertuzzi, maybe taking that next step with Boston or. Yeah. Even does Jonathan Quick come into Vegas and maybe steal the, the starting goaltender position? Have a resurgence. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's going to be really and, interesting and to see Nick how these Benino guys going back to Pittsburgh. He could be a very huge impact player for them in their bottom six. And he's a great penalty killer, too. So There you go. It'll be interesting to see how, how it works out for teams here. There you go. And then uh, tomorrow we also got the UFC 285. Yep. It's going to be huge. That's going to be a big, big fight. We got uh, Jones versus Gone. Do we want to do one quick run through the parlay? Yeah, we should. Uh, Brunson versus Dreykus Duplessis. We got our boy Dreykus taking home that win. Bo Nickel versus Jamie Pickett. We're taking Bo Nickel. Um, Jeff Neal versus uh, Shavkat Rachmanov. We got Rachmanov winning. Uh, Matuez Gamrot taking on Jalen Turner. We're taking the underdog, Jalen Turner, on that one. Yep. Uh, we're taking the clear favorite, Shevchenko, against Alexa Grasso. And uh, John John Jones beating out Cyril Gone. Yep. Boom. And then also this week, we got the Sea Dragons beating the Vipers. Uh, the Battle Hawks beating the Defenders. The Renegades beating the Guardians. And the Roughnecks beating the Brahmas. Boom. There we go. There we Those go, folks. Our PGO parlays for the weekend. Those are the here. parlays. Um, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to reach out on those social medias. Uh, those being uh, Instagram and TikTok at PGO Show, Twitter at PG Overtime, and YouTube at Post Game Overtime. Post Game One Word. And if you click any of the link tree in those um, socials, that will direct you to our link tree, so you can get everything in there, including. Spotify, Apple, all the other locations to find our podcast. And last but not least, you can get the Dubby link. That's right, folks. This episode was fueled by Dubby. Dubby waging war on big energy. Click our link in the bio. Use code PGO for 10% off at checkout and wage the war with us. Thank you so much for listening. That was sick. You smashed that. Good for you. This was my flu game, folks, as we could tell I'm not feeling well today. Couldn't even tell. Couldn't even tell. Couldn't even tell. I kept I kept trying to mute the mic to blow my nose. Oh, you're having one of those days. Oh, we're having one of those days, folks. You go rest up. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And thank you, folks, so much for listening. Uh, be sure to tune in next time when we cover our huge wins in the XFL and UFC parlays.